say, kids, what time is that? The future is coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on. It's coming on. And it's coming on to you today from real Del Mar Beach in beautiful Aptosia with Mrs. Future at the controls as usual. Well, I would say I'm a little out of control today because <laughs> I'm just feeling like we had such a wonderful weekend with all our friends. And yeah. it's so gorgeous. I really want to go run. Yeah, down thanks, to Bobby, the water. for coming down uh, from San <laughs> Yeah, it was great oh. to see you guys. Yeah. yeah. Did you and Katya go, go surfing in the morning? Yeah. I did. Well, I took her there to the surf, and then after that, I went to Taylor's to try to install his water reverse osmosis under his sink. But um, very good. It, it, All right, nerd, nerd <laughs> and girl good connection. Friend. Good job. Plus, you made it to our my birthday party, which was uh, thank you. Pretty. Yeah, yeah. we had a nice show out for that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we had a great uh, friend, Paul Gotel, come in from his home in Maui to do the DJing in the back. And with some really fresh remixes of some great 70s songs, you know, feeling wow, yeah. So, so the dancing was over the top. I had never really featured that at one of my parties before to this extent. It's usually more talking heads, more people connecting on, a, yeah. on other levels. So, yeah, so I was really pleased to see that uh, girls really liked great dancing. That really brought a lot of that in. And, and they were super smart women too, so they mixed better with the guys afterwards than they usually yeah. do, you know. Are you yeah. hearing this little boom, boom? That, oh. What is that? Oh. <laughs> you know that? You oh, know what I, that is? I, I don't hear that. Oh, you don't hear it now. What, what is it? it is, in this new iPhone, when you leave it on the charger for too long, it starts bonging like that. I guess it's telling you, I am at 85%. Do not charge me to 100 <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh-huh. I heard it's cry for That's help. That's the bong, yeah. I heard is, your little machine is... saying, help me, help me. Boom, Take me boom. off the power. I've always been more responsive to things that chime. You know, I really like like musical notes as warnings rather than buzzers or gongs or, oh, the worst is the fire detectors, you know, <laughs> those the carbon detectors. I find those Apple noises to be very pleasant. Yeah. I'm sure they have a whole team of people just working on what pleasant sounds are supposed to be like. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Well, here we are but, rolling yeah, I, into I, I had such, Yeah, I had such a wonderful time at your party. I mean, talking to everybody there, Carl Merritt and Nick Herbert. Nick, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nick's our quantum yeah. physicist, buddy. Yeah, it was pretty stellar yeah. array of characters. We even got Michael Zwirling and Amy to come over. Michael and Amy were here. Which was so yeah. nice to oh. see them. It's been We used to see them all the time, yeah. and now we hardly ever get to see them, and it was great. We Good. got to wow. enjoy each other's companies, hear about some upcoming plans. That was nice. Yeah. It was a good cross-pollination of my friends. Uh, a lot of them enjoy meeting each other, too. And yeah. Yeah. And apparently there was going to be a big thing happening at the Rio that involved Santa Cruz history that we did not get to go to. So I'm looking forward to the recording of that. Yeah, Same if night in case as our you party. tried to tune into us last Saturday, that's what you would have received instead. <laughs> the Rio event. That's right. We were having a live party and they yeah, were recording we were the Rio event and no, streaming was, it live. <laughs> that's right. That's right. There's so much going on in the world today. Yeah, in Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is yeah. a busy place, and the world seems to be speeding up. 
Yeah. Go where you're having maximum fun, I say. If you can. If, if you, you can. possibly can. Yeah. And if not. Especially on Saturday night. Be kind. At least be kind. Mm. So there was some great connections. I, I must say there was there were some people from my life uh, like way back, like in the 80s and 90s, like uh, Coco Khan. Oh, yeah. Coco. She used to Man. throw the greatest parties. In, yes. In, she was a SIGGRAPH like, icon. Where did she live? Beverly Hills and a really nice place in L.A. And, and she now, threw the greatest parties after the SIGGRAPH events. She's a grandma. And she's got her two granddaughters that she sees every day. And of course, wasn't she in charge of the education forum at SIGGRAPH? Yes. She's yeah. a major educator and, and a person bringing in new technology and new ideas into the education universe. She says a big woman. She's like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, mm-hmm. And there was another big woman at the event that was the same height as her only, or 17 years old, 17 years old, who was a super geek, very much into Tesla auto drive version 4.99 versus 5.001, things like that. (laughs) Serious nerd conversations on differences in how we're, you know, how Tesla auto drive is going way more AI in the next upgrade. So it won't be hmm. Skynet that becomes sentient. It will be the Tesla network. <laughs> <laughs> Tesla yeah. cars. Huh? It will be the cars that gain sentience before. So a, this is AI on the edge, but actually yeah. it's on the edge of your car. <laughs> You're right. Of your the, phone. Edge, <laughs> the edge of the car consciousness. Yes. Yeah. But uh, our friend Autumn, she's 17, uh, she eschews window, threw it out, put her own operating system on based on Linux, that the user interface she likes. Philly's total at home in the in the digital universe is uh, she swims in it like we do in water. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool to see the digital natives in action. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. It's definitely a different consciousness than than what I usually live, but I can Absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely, a foreign language yeah. and yet full of passion and enthusiasm, like we like to see in our young people. Yeah, it's not just <laughs> zeros and ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to them, yeah. It's freedom, man. It's a, li- it's a form of literacy, really, from what I can say. Of course, Mark Cantor was here. He's one of the pioneers of uh, the desktop video revolution, of which I was a big part of back in the late 80s and 90s. And that's where the, the convergence of computers with video itself, when the, those were two separate worlds mm-hmm. yeah. until, until that point. And we just didn't have the horsepower in our machines to be able to process video. Video is very hard on computers in terms of the amount of processing it needs as a visions complex. Mark was one of the pioneers of that world, creating some of the first software that allowed us to edit video and and combine it with uh, Photoshop effects and stills and video and all that. Back in 89, that's when I first uh, started to play with this. Met Mrs. Future around that whole topic in 92. Mm -hmm. She was just getting into the desktop video revolution. So Mark was there just to hang out with him. I was there in 86, but yeah. I was. <laughs> you were, you were, I had a computer company from '86 to '94. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was teaching people how to use their Macs and stuff like that. I was a computer educator and part of a reseller company called Abacus. I think they did a Wired article on you called oh. "Free Love and Macs." Yeah. Like <laughs> right. Mm. The Hate Ashbury Commune that was selling Macintosh computers and other stuff. <laughs> Them was the days, putting out our Rockhead magazine and our Utopian Classroom and The Node. That was the computer Mm. magazine. Right. Yeah. How about the beans, the digital beans? Digital beans. Oh, yeah, with Michael Gosney. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think, I think a number of us here have been to those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are seminal events, bringing together the, the pioneers in the art and with the tech world yeah. and the music world. Well, we world. had Tony Bovey. Yeah, Tony, Tony Bovey was, was here, here yeah. at the party. Mm-hmm. He was the creator of the Hate Ashbury historical CD with all kinds of Hate Ashbury art, including the Oracle, all of the digital yeah, versions of the Oracle. The first CD that tracked the counterculture. Yeah. And, and it was presented in a CD case that looked like a cigar box. <laughs> like a, a cigar like box. one you could keep your weed in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so classic. I still have my cigar box. <laughs> yeah, I met him when, when he and Cheryl uh, lived up the hill. With the, yeah, Cheryl Rhodes, creator of the Seabold Conference, where that's back in my days as a young professional, I was speaking about desktop publishing at the Seabold Conference. They were editing by Cheryl Rhodes. <laughs> and they were editing lots of magazines. One of them was a magazine dedicated to CPM users. CPM. It yeah. was uh, prior to MS-DOS. Right. Similar in many ways, but uh, that was the... Um, what was the doctor that developed that? That uh, He he lost the uh, the deal to sell it to IBM? Uh, Gary Kildall. Upper. Gary Kildall. Yeah, Kildall. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, uh, his car accident, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, if his system had succeeded, Monterey, Monterey would have been the center for the equivalent of Microsoft. Hmm. Instead of Seattle, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got to make your appointments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. So it was a great trip down memory lane for me. To, you know, when, when such people that bring these chapters of your life alive uh, are, are there with you to celebrate your birthday, it was I really loved it, seeing everyone. I could write a book on everyone or make a movie, I guess. is a better. <laughs> Let's ask the AI to make a movie, and I'll just give a description of what I'd like there you to go. see. Yeah. You should just like, review a particular video that you think is wonderful yeah. from your collection and then turn it over to the AI. <laughs> yeah, everyone's a movie. Yeah. Hey, let's, yeah. let's make it interesting. I believe it was that Robin Williams did a film about this idea, uh, Final Cut, Sure. Back in 2004. Yeah, he was the final cut uh, editor. When people passed away, he was supposed to go through their lifetime recording chip and pull out the best of memories for their final offering. That's right. Everyone had a, had a memory chip installed at birth and recorded everything that you experienced. And someone had to edit it at the end. Well, in our case, we're all having quite a large digital memory systems evolving, you know, with uh, more and more memory that we need all the time and our phones having more capacity. And there's a certain point where you just don't want to have a repository for all your memories so that it's easily accessible when you want it. Kind of like your memory, right? You want an easy, easy access digital memory system. You want a memory jukebox. Kind of, yeah. For you and your family, <laughs> like we have the home brain, uh-huh. the, the uh, Synology boxes. So that I see is becoming more and more normal. Everyone's probably going to want to have a home memory system along with your HVAC. (laughs) (laughs) It vacuums it up. (laughs) Right. right. Well, the the, um, heating, air conditioning and heating. Vacuums didn't work so well. Do you notice how this centralized vacuum idea didn't really catch on? For everyone. Oh, you mean where they have the sockets in the walls and this whole... Yeah, next to the electrical and, outlet, you know, the, yeah. you, have the, you have the socket for the vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of went away, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what happened to that. Why did it go away? Did you like those, didn't you? 
I never had one. No. <laughs> oh, see, I, I guess they never had one either. I guess they were always in the prototype smart homes of the future that I used to take a look at. Centralized vacuum. You don't have to carry a vacuum cleaner everywhere. Just the hose. Right. So, well, uh, now it's you know, robotic and you got the Roomba. <laughs> yeah, right. The, Roomba, the robot vacuum cleaners took over. You know, we needed the robot. Yeah, it kind of preceded the... Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, perhaps if the robot knew how to use just the hose design, but they didn't think about that when they were building the Roomba, yeah. designed to be separate standalone units. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been tracking the eVTOL world. There is a Chinese company called eHang, E-H-A-N-G, and they stunned the world with a little autonomous passenger-carrying octocopter fully autonomous, and they have just certified it to fly, ready for service. And guess where it's going to be flying? Well, an octocopter, maybe it's flying octopods? <laughs> It'll be flying people, Mrs. Oh. Future. Oh. People, people. Okay? People and their pet octopi? Uh, yeah, and their pet octopi. <laughs> uh, China. The answer is China. They'll be flying in China because the Chinese Civil Aviation Authority determined that they could have a commercial eVTOL license. And it's the first country in the world to approve fully commercial autonomous vehicles for the consumer. Oh, boy. That's pretty amazing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So it's only so, certified uh, for China. The U.S. FAA and the European EASA aviation authorities aren't expected to quite do that just yet, at least mm -hmm. until next year at the absolute earliest, probably 25 or 26, more likely. So their lawmakers approved it. Does that mean that anybody actually has one? And yes, And can anybody actually use it? They've been around for seven years. They've been developing them. They've been in the news. But this is where they've been approved for actual use by passengers in a commercial context. Boy, some pretty brave passengers. <laughs> you might think so. But from what I can see, most people have trepidation maybe for the first few rides. But then after that, they stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So right. I think we'll get used to autonomous vehicles very quickly. Uh -huh. Very, very quickly. Okay. And they learn from their mistakes all the time. So unlike humans, where you have to teach everybody how to deal with the same problem, the AI share their data. So it, it will be much faster. I think on the whole, they make faster. fewer mistakes because oh, yeah. they don't reset every single time. No. As long as, as, long as something <clears throat> weird doesn't happen, which it will. Weird things will happen. I don't know. We but, we're still yeah. in an era. I guess actually maybe you're right. Maybe it's been a while since we had to reboot all the time to get our computers to work right. Well, look, we're still rebooting. Yeah, we are. Right? We just we're had still. to. I had to give up my iPad because I had to reboot. I had to move Bluetooth from uh, my phone to uh, the iPad uh -huh. in terms of uh, bringing Bobby in onto the mixer. Right. So we're still. Yeah. We're still. Our computers do still need to reboot. So the reason I'm saying that is because. If a octocopter needs to reboot, I'm not sure I want to be a passenger. <laughs> you could say that about the cars today. They're pretty electronic. Just look at how much human intelligence is there launching every automated 
Falcon for SpaceX, right? And that's like a whole crew of people making sure that that autonomous rocket does what it's supposed to do. So well, there's can... a crew of people, but it's much less than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see the Apollo launches for going to the moon? That was a huge big deal. Right. Now all these companies have a dozen computers with desktops. Well, yeah, They're but people. My they, point is simplicity here. Like all yeah. the rocket has to do is not explode before it gets to space. And then it yeah. has to land where they tell it without breaking into pieces. Yeah. And traffic is way more complicated than that. <laughs> <laughs> They're allowed to charge people money and they can scale up and, and sell rides. Wait, didn't you That's say octocopter? Now we have a hexacopter? No, octocopter. It, it's six. Yeah, it's six instead it, it, of eight. I thought it was an octocopter. Oh, I like saying octocopter better. Well, okay. rest assured, Mrs. Future, someone will Sounds come along more. with an octocopter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is just the, the first stroke. The, the first let's craft go back of to the hexacopter concept here. Look, look how many airplanes there are. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like that. Okay. I mean, there'll be all kinds of flying. And... And the real edge will be the ones that both fly and drive. I believe you. Yeah, that's where it gets tricky. Right. VTOL. Yeah. We like the VTOL. But the drones, the, I mean, look look how fast the military took over drones. You know, they're really happy about it. You know, they have them everywhere. They're doing almost everything. Sure. So why should the military be the only ones that have fun with this technology? Everyone should have fun with this right? technology. I mean, it's us. We, it's us for to play with. And to do it in a way that keeps our freedoms and keeps us having more freedoms. Oh, okay. I vote for that. Me too. So here to that. <laughs> even, though, even though it's not here, we do have our local horse in this race. We have Joby Aviation, and we're for sure rooting for them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but congratulations to Ehang for reaching this milestone and getting approved, at least in their own country. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We should be so lucky. Yeah. I would really hope that China can be successful in everything that they do, because if they're successful at home, they won't be out terrorizing the rest of the planet. Okay, right at the beginning. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, it'll be more fun at home, and it'll Uh be worth staying there. It says, an octocopter at CES 2016, was Ehang first showed showed their concept flying car off. It's the first fully VTOLed eVTOL air taxi now. But it says an octocopter right at the top of the article. Yeah, Bobby, you're counting six wings, but they're calling it an octocopter. Yeah, at least in this. Maybe, or at in least the article. first one. They got two hidden propellers somewhere. Somewhere. Okay. <laughs> All right. I feel safer with eight, don't you? And don't you? Eight. And doesn't yeah. redundancy feel better than, Definitely. than just one engine? Yeah, well, it's good to know that if two go down, they can still fly, right? Yeah. <laughs> at least that's the world according to Bobby. No. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe if it had a ballistic chute, uh-huh. that would be a good safety precaution. Oh, that's for parachuters. Yeah, and inst- well, if something fails, poof, puts out a chute, and then it slowly comes down. Yeah, well, if you do want to be a parachuter, I think having an autonomous octocopter to launch from sounds pretty ideal. Right, right. I would also have software that, that knew how to do emergency landings with just one rotor. Two rotors, you know, however, no, however rotor, we have. man. That's yeah. like the blender and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be hard. I don't think you want one rotor. <laughs> well, let's see. I'm going to use the ballistic chute and the rotor for final tweaking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a combination of rotors with chutes and that sort of thing. So, you know, I'm yeah. sure you know more than most people since you're descended from a helicopter designer, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> I do think vertically sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think it's natural for us to think up of safety systems, and we'll figure that out. 
right. make it land safe? That is a harder question. And one of the reasons why we don't have more use of the air than we do, because it is much harder. It's a whole other dimension to play with for our machines mm-hmm. and for us mm-hmm. and for our AIs. So, uh, but we're tackling it now. And really, so the Wright brothers, I think, would be proud to see this evolve like this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Listen and be heard. Welcome to Santa Cruz Voice. We are local radio folks who have combined our three centuries of broadcast experience to give voice to the people of Santa Cruz County and beyond. It's going to be fun, and here's how you can get in on the fun. Go to santacruzvoice.com, download the free app, and listen anywhere to your favorite programs on your digital devices. Raise your voice. If you are an interesting person who likes to talk with interesting people about interesting topics, apply for your own voice show at santacruzvoice.com. Support the voice by supporting the local businesses you hear advertising on Santa Cruz Voice. And tell all your friends about Santa Cruz Voice, even those in Ushuaia, Tierra del Fuego. Get in on the fun. Listen and be heard at SantaCruzVoice.com. It's Locals Live! With your hosts, Jake Stenton and Jeff Eitman. Coming to you live from Santa Cruz, California. Your Saturday destination, holding it down from 10 a.m. to noon. The best of Santa Cruz. Sports, people, places, what's happening? Let's not forget about History Corner on the Voice of Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz Voice, live streaming at santacruzvoice.com. One of my favorite shows, Doctor and Mrs. Future. Hey. I love you guys so much. I thought I'd have some controversy. I was thinking we could send all the flat earthers to Mars. They might not believe they're there. <laughs> Great discussion, a lot of good information you're putting on the table. Fantastic radio. We don't get many intelligent radio programs in Australia, and uh, yours is quite (laughs) good. The Future Now Show, live on Tuesdays, 1 to 3 p.m. on Santa Cruz Voice. And we're back. We're back. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, welcome back. Today's kind of a no-frills day. No-frills day. You know, no intros, outros, no extra music. Yeah, just, we're not going to do that? Just yakaholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. well, if you want music, I mean, we do have music. have to use it. I got some stuff to yak about, man. Okay. Yak yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was this mysterious explosion, see? Some mysterious what? explosion from empty region of space. Oh, when was that? Yeah. Yeah, a few years ago. Like a few billion years ago? Well, a few billion, probably more <laughs> likely, right? <laughs> uh, I like the way we're the futures, but we're doing news from a few billion years ago. Okay, well, I'll tell but you we what we know. found out. I'll tell you what we know, all right? <laughs> Hubble has spotted a strange burst of light in a region of space where there doesn't seem to be a trigger. Mm-hmm. We first saw this kind of explosion a few years ago. It's got a name, even. It's called Luminous Fast Blue Optical transients, LF bots or F bots, F bots as opposed to F bombs, I guess. I suppose F bots, so F bots, bots, luminous um, blue, fast blips blue in space. optical transients. Okay, luminous fast blue optical transients. Transients, they're transiting. In other words, they only last a little while. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Not like planets where you can yeah. track Very for bright years. flashes of light. Okay. Flash photography. Uh, yeah. At got, the scale of space. The universe has taken a, a picture of a galaxy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Poor flash. <laughs> it tends to shine brightly at uh, blue wavelengths before fading. And unlike a flash of a few seconds, it actually lasts for a few days. There's only a few. And we've got data going back to 2016. But from that few, the scientists studying these things are starting to pull together a list of ideas, of hypotheses, what they think this is. The leading hypothesis is that it's some kind of core collapse supernova. Okay. Which occurs when a, a, a giant star runs out of fuel and explodes under its own gravity. Hmm. You run out of fuel, you explode. Yeah. At least in our understanding of, of stellar evolution. So a star, yeah, I, I guess that they think of stars like fires in space that have embers, and then when they ro run out of light, they collapse. Yeah. And there's a big explosion for some reason. Well, this one was a little weird mm -hmm. that happened. This new one was, whereas April 10th, 2023, along comes this, this F-bot that upends a lot of the theories. It was designated AT2023FHN, nicknamed Finch. Finch. Finch, yeah. Okay. A little L. Is it, what, what kind of bot is it again? An, uh, An LF bot. LF bot. Yeah, LF, LF bot. bot Finch. Okay. <laughs> Finch bright. the LF yeah. bot. Got it. Yeah. First, it had all the usual features. This was brought in by the Zwicky Transient Facility, CTF telescope. It was bright and blue, and it faded over a few days. The Gemini South Telescope analyzed the spectrum of it and found it to be a toasty 20,000 degrees centigrade. That's 36,000 Fahrenheit. Oh. Toasty. Mm. Yeah. We would not survive. Uh, but then the Hubble looked at it, and yeah. the whole thing started to unravel. When it pinpointed its location in space, it became clear that the usual hypothesis just would not apply. Previous F-bots had been found inside galaxies where active star formation is happening. But Finch is floating around out there in intergalactic space between galaxies. What? A totally free yeah. intergalactic yeah. star? Yeah, 15,000. Oh, not bound yeah. by any galaxy? Well, yeah. Yeah, a, a rogue star of some sort. You know, we don't know if it's a star. Hmm. You know, it's just an explosion that came out of nothing. No, it's, they're calling it That's a transient. That's what they think it might be. Some, it's a transient. Some dead star finally giving up the ghost. <laughs> it's a transient. A, trans yes, it's tra a transient. <laughs> oh, so dear. <laughs> Elfbot Finch is a transient. I heard you tell us. Yeah. Okay. The reason why they think that might not be a star is that the giant stars that die in core collapse, you know, the supernova I was mentioning, they're short-lived. They shouldn't have enough time to float out there into, into intergalactic space. I mean, this thing... <laughs> this thing seriously got away lost. from the nursery. This is 15,000 light years from the nearest galaxy. Oh, mm-hmm. 15,000. Wow. It doesn't have time to get out there from the stellar nurseries. Uh-huh. So, well, you wonder why it ran out of gas. So what is this that's exploding like a star in the middle of nowhere? They're not sure. They're not sure what it is. They're not sure. Mm -hmm. It just it turns it upside down. Mm -hmm. They're considering possibly that it was uh, torn apart by some intermediate mass black hole, or maybe there was a, a collision between two neutron stars, and one of those was highly magnetized. Those are called magnetars that could boost the brightness up about 100 times higher than the uh, average supernova. Ideas like that. But still, how does it get so far away from everything to do that? It needs all these other stars out there in intergalactic space too, which seems unlikely. Oh, I was going to say unlikely, uh, or maybe it's fake news. <laughs> Fake news, yeah. Well, I can't trust 
Hubble, who can I trust? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe a globular cluster on the outer halo of, of a galaxy would lend more weight to the black hole hypothesis. I don't know. <laughs> Something. I thought I would mention that. That was a mystery. And that, that research was published in the journal Monthly Notices of the Royal Astronomical Society. I just sent you a link from Anton Petrov. Oh, you did? He talks about something exploded in the middle of nowhere from any galaxy. Okay, yeah. I'll put that on our links page. So for people who want to know more, something exploding from nowhere story, I thought was kind of interesting. There was a new kind of bacteria, a marine bacteria, that gobbles up biodegradable plastic. Yeah. Okay. It's a new bacterium that's been found that genetically engineers to be more efficient at degrading plastic. I see. Good thing fish aren't made of plastic, I guess. <laughs> well, they're more and more. They have more and more particles inside them from plastic, right? It's been an issue with our with our fish. Yeah. And, yeah. and with us, too, of consuming plastic, microplastics that seem to be getting everywhere. So the idea that we can actually have an organism that can eat plastic is kind of fascinating, don't you think? Yeah. We hey, have some it's good news. We've got yeah. somebody visiting. Yeah. Well, we happened, we were all kind of hoping somebody dropped by and we set up a mic just for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, this is Gabrielle just arrived. In the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Usually we have to get her stage, on the yeah. phone. This time she's, she's here. in the studio. In the, in the studio. All right. Can you hear everything? I can. All right. Welcome, Gab. Thank you. Glad to be here. It is a spectacularly beautiful day. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a pretty good week, huh? Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Gabrielle came to visit us all the way from New Jersey. That's right. These two Libras celebrated together. We had a great birthday weekend. Still happening. That's right. It's still going on. It's like (laughs) the best ever. Yeah. I hear you. We might even be going sailing. I am going sailing. Right. Yes, it's my first time. Really sailing? <gasps> wow. This trip has been a lot of firsts. I had a chance to swim in the Pacific, in the Northern Pacific. I've right. been in the Southern Pacific, yeah, but um, a little boogie boarding. Yeah. Yeah. Super. Without a wetsuit, you hear that, California? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're a warrior. You're fierce. And now sailing. I've never been sailing before, so I'm really looking forward to this. This is like a super amazing surprise from our friend Stessa. Yeah. Like, awesome. Bravo. Really, yeah, really awesome. My new best friend, Stessa. Oh, right. Yeah, she's oh, like... Tr- Trouble. She, I see those two sister. together. Yeah, trouble, totally. Yeah, so I got to ask you, we walked with you for five miles yesterday yeah. on the beach. How would you say the uh, the health of our beaches is? Uh, would you say, is, are they clean? Oh, yeah. I think there are some spots. Compared to the East Coast? Um, oh, we're, oh, compared to the East Coast? No, hmm. our beaches are raked every day. Really? Uh, multiple times. Yeah, they rake the beach every single day. So that the Atlantic sand City? Is, yeah. So that's... Um, That's why it's so soft. So beautiful. And they did a lot of beach replenishment. They're constantly doing it because erosion is a constant problem. They actually will pump sand in from out into the ocean. And these huge pipes that come through, they'll pump it back onto the beach. And then um, they Hmm. literally rake it every single day. They drive up and down the beach. It's like it gets a manicure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's why it's so nice. No kidding. <laughs> That's a lot of human effort to how, keep those beaches there. <laughs> how about all the plastics and the trash people pick up after themselves? 
I've never had a problem. When we lived really close to the beach there, we would go out in the morning and, you know, Jim and I actually early on, we would we would pick up some cigarette butts if we saw them. But, mm-hmm. you know, by and large, it's very clean. I've never really had a, a problem that way. Yeah. And us, our beaches, are they as clean? I think they're comparable, although we saw quite a lot of trash yesterday, didn't we? <laughs> somebody left somebody left their coffee cups out and, you know, yeah. plastic and yeah, yeah, some other, other cardboard. The, the strangest uh, thing, I think, was the fire pit, this large fire somebody pit. Somebody left so. a fire pit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the laws here in Santa Cruz, you're not supposed to have a fire on the beach because people were getting injured stepping in the hot coals the next day because people would bury them and then they wouldn't see it, you know. And so they passed an ordinance that you can't have a fire on the beach, but you can have a fire in a fire container. And so someone had brought this really interesting fire container that was too heavy for us to... We couldn't lift it up. It took yeah. like three of us to budget. And we then, were beachcombers who, who does does not take it. fire pit to the beach? And then so they left heavy. it there. It's yeah. there. Yeah, now it's a yeah, it's permanent it. feature. It's probably still there. If we want a fire, all we have to do is walk a mile up the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we have some other options too, but... <laughs> well, what I love about the beach here is that these those fossil rocks kind of wash yeah. out. Those are super Near cool. the cement boat, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Well, I've also collected pieces of the cement boat itself. Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah. Every now and then you see this very interesting red granite that's oh, part of the okay. stuff that they used wow. to make it. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the ocean there because our next story we had just started as you came in was about this new bacterium in Japan, Japanese researchers that that eat plastic. And plastic is a big concern out in the oceans. And, microplastics. And microplastics yeah. is getting everywhere. Yes. So what are we going to do about that? And this, I thought, was maybe part of the solution because it, it involves bacterium that can gobble up plastic and biodegrades it. The only problem with it is that it releases CO2. Oh, it releases CO2. As part of its, uh, uh, yeah. So CO2 is one of the things we're trying to reduce in the atmosphere. Well, but we also need it. Yeah, it's um, true. No, CO2 know, is so... a controversial <laughs> topic, yeah. Oh, hi, Bobby. I just yeah. heard. I hi. Just, oh, you can my see him goodness. On the screen right there. Where is he? There he is. Sir. He's in that little box. Yeah, let him see, right let him see Gabby there. <laughs> I'm over oh, here. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Hi. is still remote. <laughs> Gabby's in the house. He's Bobby the was here this yeah. weekend, but he's back in San Francisco now. He's in our virtual studio. That's right. <laughs> yeah. This thing can eat up. I think it's a good trade-off. I think we can live with a little more carbon dioxide. And in fact, your body, if in order to turn on the ionophores to bring in oxygen, you need carbon dioxide. So... Also, more carbon dioxide produces less fires because if you have more oxygen percentage in the air, then you have more fires on the planet. Are you advocating so, for less oxygen in the air, Bobby? <laughs> yes, less oxygen, more CO2, but less methane. Oh. Uh. Oh, methane. Okay. So, methane is yes. hydrogen. That's a different kind of fuel. Methane is like yeah, four, and, and four part hydrogen that burns very yeah, readily. Methane is like 20 times more, more of a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide. So right. we definitely want less methane, but definitely more carbon dioxide if we had to trade it off. Also, if you had to trade it off, that would be a worthy trade then. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. So we won't worry too much about the CO2 element of it then. That's what? Me worry? Mm. <laughs> and we're also doing so much more. If, if atmospheric CO2 is an issue, yeah. we also have this emerging technology that's capturing CO2 and recycling it. And You mean like trees? Well, pulling it out of the air, too. Right. Yeah, trees, trees love too. CO2. Right. right. That's right. That's, that's it. my favorite kind of emerging yeah. technology. Yeah. Plant more trees. Yeah. <laughs> but you were thinking of something else, right? Yeah. Well, yes. In the upper atmosphere, which is uh, sort of where I think people are most concerned. Mm, right. When, yeah, when we're talking about global climate change, and that's the issue then the solution you know, is to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. So, yeah. I know that's controversial. Yeah, the well, geoengineering is <laughs> very yeah. controversial. What comes to my mind is that there are some people who want to try and vacuum the carbon out of the upper atmosphere, and then there's other people who want to put stuff there to dim the sun. I know. You know? It's like, I think all of these are really pie-in-the-sky ideas to get money. I really think this is just people with sure. interesting Isn't novel that called approaches. Innovation. Yeah. Yes. This is innovation. Future. Absolutely. Well, it seems like everything needs the money, you know, whether it's a good <laughs> idea or a bad idea. Well, you know, <laughs> Kelly, everything needs yeah. the money. It's true. No, we we have entered an era where money is the only way to function in the world. I don't think it was that way even that long ago. Native people two hundred years ago, they weren't exactly using money. They were using generosity. And generosity meant that well, you didn't let wampum. a person starve. You had wampum, and you would trade things. You would trade goods and services as a form of money. If I had animal pelts or... Well, um, yes, but, you know. but that was a very small percentage. And I don't think that they thought of the things that they were trading as in the same way we do. For us, we've got currency, which isn't a thing itself. It's just a thing to trade things. And because it has so much use, we make it a thing. But the Indians themselves, they were finding seashells and saying, hey, mm -hmm. why don't you have some of these and give me some of that that you guys see? Aren't they beautiful? Oh, right? I think, <laughs> think it was that pure of, of heart, well, I'm of not, intent. I'm not saying it was pure, but there's a difference. We're far more abstracted. We're far more in our brains, think, in our inventions, our creations. Do you, do you think that maybe there was like a, let's just say, like some tribe that had all of the goats? <laughs> I'm, and like, because wouldn't, aren't we always going to place value anyway? Even if we don't have currency, we would still say that someone yeah. is wealthy. Oh, I agree with have, that. We've yeah. always had wealth. Right. But we haven't always been this concerned about money because money is an abstraction. Well, it all my, my favorite story is about in the good old days, the Stone Age people, there are lessons about how a chief would give another chief like a giant honorary buffalo head and horns because it was special. It had been killed by some famous chief and and it had a, a whole cultural lineage and everybody knew about this buffalo and then the new chief would like have to carry it around with him on his dog sled as they migrated around the plains so the idea of generosity was kind of like well here you take responsibility for this you know and it's been kind of heavy i'm really happy to give it to you i mean money just worked differently and generosity was more important generosity now money, has become money a little be political. An albatross <laughs> that's true that's true right I'm, I'm, i agree with that anyway i'm what's the alternative to what albatrosses well <laughs> one of the things we were discussing last night at the uh, last week this weekend the party was the new economy 
And I, I think they're the, the 17-year-old girl, Autumn. Autumn. Uh, declared she's discovered this new economic model and started to talk to uh, one of you about it, I think. Maybe wasn't Nick. me. No, it was probably wasn't Nick. You? Uh-uh. Okay. And, well, a lot of the kids are going more towards a Star Trek economy. You know, right. where it's no, there isn't any money. They're there really looking is. for lat, yeah. latium or something like that. No, that's just the Latium. As the Ferengis. As the Ferengis, you know, they, they're a different breed entirely. <laughs> but most of the Federation doesn't use money. But what do they use instead is the question. Yeah, good question. You know, they Seems can s- like they're about to blow each other's spaceships up an awful lot of the time. <laughs> Hey, are you friend or foe? You well, better act friendly or we're going to blow your doors off. I, they, but they can't help. I guess that's different than using money. Yeah. It should. <laughs> well, it is kind of rooted in uh, 21st century uh, human values. In the future, we probably don't need to blow each other's spaceships up. We yeah, probably, for sure. You know, but now now it, it, it keeps makes it exciting. Well, I'm, I'm always thinking about what's good about money and what's not good about money yeah. because I would like it if money would help us solve the problems in the world and would stop being the problems in the world, <laughs> right? That, I think it's uh, how do we make it act more like nature? And in our bodies, I would say that the energy created during the Krebs cycle is like the money of the body, right? And the mitochondria? Well, mitochondrial, the mitochondrial uh, product, ATP, is energy. Energy. And you need so much energy to engage in any kind of physical activity to keep everybody warm. And all the cells turn their inputs, turn their food into outputs of energy and, and waste products. And mm. none of them have a vested interest in hoarding the ATP. And so a biological model would be one where nobody had an interest in hoarding it. Well, it seems like that's a problem of our individuality, right? That that is a self-contained system within us. So it's one cohesive thing in us as this biological system of one. But if we look at the earth and we are still, you know, we don't recognize that that's actually the ecosystem of it's just a fractal representation that we are within the earth. So we're not really separate. Mitochondria might think they're separate, but they're somehow all working together. Right? Well, you know, these, um, are, these are the great philosophical questions that what is self and when does an individual lose their individuality and become just part of something larger than themselves? And maybe that's the key to all of this is reframing the way that we look at self. Mm-hmm. It sure. opens up a whole new way of creating relationship with each other. Yeah. By changing your relationship with self. Right. Yeah. Well, if you love yourself, it's easier to love others. Definitely. And if you don't love yourself, it's easier to make others' lives more difficult. And your own. My goodness. Well, that's where it all begins, right? Yeah. People just love to choose suffering. They do. They're so good at it. And misery loves company, right? I used to think it was more people on the East Coast that did that. Uh-huh. That's why but, you came here. Well, but now I'm finding that's not really true anymore. People are having a great time everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they can. Yeah. If, if they, they can. can. Yeah. I mean it's all a thought. Everything is with a thought. All of your reality. So well, change your to thinking. Point. Change I your mean, reality. This yeah. we're having this conversation after the big crisis in Israel over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And Do you want to see how this is still true? Well, no, but it's always really, we're so blessed in our country, in our world, in our lives, because we do get to choose to not suffer. It is a choice, but 
there are a lot of people where they are literally victimized by circumstances beyond themselves and all they can do is endure it and all they can do is try and find a way out sure. getting them to a place where they have choice is one of the problems that we but have even to solve that, but, as a planet but even that's a choice to it's a choice it's a thought to decide how we decide to what you know whether we are going to move on whether we are going to continue to hold on to pain and not move on, whether we have the will to go on. See, this is the thing, is the we is the part that we identify with and we do have the ability to affect, but the they is the part where it's not up to us because they are in a situation which is not the same as ours. And we can choose to try to help. We can choose to try and do something that, makes their suffering less or we can ignore it but what we do is within our sphere of influence it's very urgent for us to wake up and realize that we got to take responsibility for ourselves we've got to bless from the inside out right we've got to make sure that the people who we're helping can help others so back to where you said like the individuals who choosing their own suffering those are the ones if we know them that's where our journey sure that's our responsibility right exactly yeah all of us were thinking earlier about this article you sent in gabby regarding free will and how does that play into all this victim yeah can we all take uh, a vote like (laughs) let's let's start the conversation saying what do you want to vote on well i want to ask do we agree that we have free will what's your vote Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Yes. That's we have our own agency. So we have two sure. people who voted for free will. I vote for free will. How about you, Bobby? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I, He's totally I, controlled, I, man. I, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I think there's something, you know, there's, there's something. I, I feel I was destined to be here at destined. a certain time. So that was a setup, and, setup somewhere. Along you, that well, does, no, so it doesn't I, feel I, like I, you I, have I, free I, will? You don't have well, free no, will. I made an agreement. Uh-oh. I made an agreement. But how can you make an agreement if you don't have free world. will? You yeah, how it, could you make an agreement without by remembering free will? It? Do you remember? You must have had some Somebody hold a yeah. cosmic gun to your head. <laughs> I was held in spiritual so, duress. Yeah, who, I, I, who yes, recruited you? you no, know, we we can't make name? decisions. But sometimes if you go with the flow, yeah. sometimes it opens up doors that you could not have planned and not have expected. And yes, you can make those decisions at that time. And yes, I've made a fair number of bad decisions, of course, like anybody else. But were you free uh, to make them or not? Was that predetermined it, or was it something that it showed its ugly head and you just chose it. <laughs> I think we're presented with a lot of options at all the time. You know, like the future has many possibilities based on what decisions you make. Oh, and so let me decode you. So you didn't have free will when you stepped into your destiny to be here, but you do have free will because of the many options that are presenting themselves to go into the future. Like there are many roads forward, but only one road back. Yeah, if you think in terms of time, if you're going forward or backwards, yes, in time. I think that's a limitation that we put on ourselves also. I'm curious about Um, what you said just a a minute ago, Bobby, where you said that you made like a pact. And are you talking, are you speaking to like a karmic level of a past life level? 
Because even in that regard, would you not be exerting free will to choose to come back or to choose this birth at this time? Well, it's kind of like in the bardo. Precisely what I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah. So in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, what you do is when you're in the bardo, you're presented opportunities based on how well you lived the the previous life. Then they're presented more opportunities for you that are better than the life before based on karma. So, yes, but then when you're born, you kind of forget what you were presented there and why you were there until you're much older. And then maybe you say, oh, well, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for this and that. And and you can go all the way back to before you were born. I've heard that. But I've also heard that kids have remembered their past lives. Before they taught to forget, yeah. you learn to only remember yeah. things that are useful yeah, to this life. Yeah, until about age three, they say that yeah. that, that happens. Yeah. yeah, and the kids seem to remember yeah. quite it, quite a bit. Yeah, it's a common thing in India where yeah. the children we're, we're culturally yeah. can remember yeah. oh, embrace yeah. these ideas. And that's how Buddhists have picked reincarnated gurus or lamas and, and other people. They yeah. they would place objects that belong before them to see if they identified That's them as, right. as their own. Do you right? remember yes. this yeah, as yeah. being belonging to you? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Have you ever tried that? Will your mother do that to you? No. No. <laughs> no. no. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> what no. Uh, I do sometimes wonder if I'm just dreaming no. and maybe I'm going to wake up and no longer exist. Mm. Well, I think in your dreams, like you when really you did wake up, <laughs> I really t- I've really done it now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. I'm in a body. I don't have free will anymore. (laughs) I know. Well, there's a sign. I'm I'm at the whim of the free will of everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a jellyfish on the sea of infinity. (laughs) Well, I believe that free will is a concept relating to scale. I think you have as much free will as you can muster given who you think you are. And so your free will is inside of a container that at some level the container is impossible to get out of. We humans have a hard time getting off the earth. We're doing our best, but our free will, all it can do for us right now is teach us to make rockets, right? Get get me out of this meat suit. (laughs) Well, that's a whole different kind of free will. I mean, that's dream flyers, right? People, There are the people who are into the me that can fly without my body and yeah, can just leave projection. my body sitting yes. meditating in a little garden. And I believe that. I believe that consciousness is the container of everything, and it actually is the universe. And the universe creates the energy of form, and form is all the patterns that are created with sound, with light, with heat, etc. Do you think that consciousness harnesses the energy? To make I think consciousness things. is the Alpha Omega. I think it is all consciousness. For me, consciousness is God. From? God, right. it's the de facto. It's the what is. Where does that come from? Well, come well, from is... Come from comes from it. Yeah. <laughs> Zen. That's right. It invented come from. Going to speak in circles. Yeah, no, well, that's the Reverse circles. Well, circles do exist in the infinite, don't they? It's kind of like understanding how a thought generator works. Kind of. I've got some news that came in through uh, Dr. Future News 
The meta glass holes have arrived. Oh my goodness. The meta glass holes have arrived. Yeah, it used to be just Google yeah. glass holes. Mega. Now it's meta. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening again. People are walking around in public the, the places meta, wearing the, the mes- wearing their face video recording face computer on their heads. Uh-huh. And scaring people. Technoids. Yes, and this time it's... Technoids are invading our home planet. Over this last weekend, this is the first weekend in which people have been buying the new MetaQuest 3s. And the reason why you can walk around with a MetaQuest 3 on is because it has high-resolution, full-blown video, full-color, high-resolution. You can immerse yourself in the world of your virtual reality. You can just put on your glass and walk around. Yeah, you'll just see things as if everything was a video, but that's fine. You know, it's not as high, quite high of resolution, but it works great. Now, we like this, right? Gabs, your car is kind of the the first commercial use of this. Yeah. But this phenomenon where you can just project something cool onto your little hollow lens and becomes part of your world. It's augmented reality in a car. Okay, so tell me about this. So you've got a a BMW X5 rental. I-40, yeah. What about that virtual display? You never have to take your eyes off of the road because your display is literally being projected on its... It's onto the windshield, but it's got this great effect where it actually looks like it's on the road. So, like right in front of you, like the right in front of you, looking anyway. Like if you're looking, it, it looks like it's about a foot in front of your car just sort of on the road and it's remarkable mm-hmm. and everything from the music I'm playing to um, if I want to make a phone call to my map to everything I mean, even when you're speaking to the car the words come up wow. so you can see what you're speaking and like when you're texting see what the car is understanding what the car is understanding <laughs> yeah does it allow you to do texting or connect huh. to your phone as well or? yes uh-huh. yeah so you could do everything. You can do everything and never take my eyes off of the road. Can, it was a bit much to get you, used to. Can you drive? <laughs> can you drive? Wait, wait. <laughs> What's that? After future, tell everybody about the parking experience we had. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We were that waiting. was hilarious. We were, waiting, we were waiting for sun in the store, I think. Yeah, and, we were getting some getting, party supplies, and these yeah. guys were double parked in front of the store, yeah, and they thought they'd start testing the capacity of the rental to self-park. The self-park. Well, how did it start? Yeah, it started wanted to move or something, right? It, like, it just, I think it saw that we were in a red zone. Like we weren't allowed to park there. So it was finding a place where we could park. And, and it's backing us up. And all it was of like, a sudden, it was yeah. taking us like yeah. forward and out and around and totally not paying attention to its surroundings. And then, yeah. and then, um, and there's a warning that you see on the windshield that's like, take control if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> And then, so you want to see what you're doing first. See, this was your car's cry for help. You're like, oh, mommy, you gave me an assignment. I'm not sure I can do. Park myself? I know there's a button that says park. You know, I can park myself, but I've never tried that before. And then we try, we put it in reverse. It starts going in reverse as Dr. Like Future started to say. back along yeah. the curb. Starts going along. But it, no, it like went up on the curb. Like it was going to park us up on the sidewalk. Yeah. Like it was yeah, safer it finally, in the red zone. Yeah, it, it, it lodged itself up on top of the curb and then said you're parked and I said it's time to take control of this vehicle (laughs) but officer my free will was usurped by the robot it's the AI sir yeah you understand (laughs) It's getting interesting, don't you think? 
I mean, Please. you can just say I good wasn't com- driving. The, good you know, co- good wasn't comedic driving. material at the very least. No, you're still responsible. Yeah. The only way that those AIs get to work is as assistants to humans. They work for They're you. Not, right. You can't blame them yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can't tell that to the police officer. No. Because, Bobby, we still have free will. But boom. <laughs> but but you can except you, Bobby. Except everybody you. but you, because you've all. decided. Because you've decided that you don't, which With is kind your of ironic. Free will you decided to be predetermined? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Just so you know, Bobby, I don't think you need to worry that there's something wrong that I believe it's a Y chromosome preference to believe in predetermination and to not believe in free will. And I think that there's a whole bunch of men who will join you in that idea that let's enslave everyone because there's no such thing as free will. Well, Well, it's more like surrendering to the universe and letting things happen and be at awe that it's happening. Oh, well, I vibe with that. You know, like I'm doing that on this trip. Just I've I've said to my friends here that I've just been kind of going with the wind and it's been fabulous, you know, not forcing things, not making things happen. And in that regard, I completely understand what you're saying, but I made a choice to be that way. So it was with my self-determination and my own presence of mind and consciousness that I decided to just go with the flow. I think free will is the zone where preparedness meets opportunity. And so if you are on, if you are engaged, you are projecting out into your world with your intention and your desire and your senses and you are exercising free will, but you are inside of a world that is vast and mysterious in front of you. And so that world has patterns of its own. It's a dance. You get to dance with some of them. (laughs) No disagreement. (laughs) Yes, Bobby? So you got your free will back, Bobby. We gave you back your free will. You're free. He's like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And I'm responsible uh, for myself. No, I'm just in awe that what the universe presents in front of me. Awesome options, yeah. I'm with you. Let's stay in awe. So much, so many good things happen when you're in awe. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm in awe that we exist, actually. Yeah. (laughs) It's a miracle. Yeah. Miracle of miracles. Yeah, just to be here. <sighs> so if you run into somebody wearing a Meta 3 headset, what would you do? Would you just treat them normally? Or do you think it was weird yourself? What, what your, it'll probably be it, you. It looks like you're wearing a VR headset. Uh, if, if, if I'm running just walk, into just someone. Walking around, like, instead of wearing a mask, they're wearing a VR headset. Would you get used to that, do you think? I think it depends on what time of day I run into them. <laughs> Yeah. Would it be like Jordy from X Well, it's kind of like that, a little bit. Kinda, yeah. yeah, it is. It yeah. looks kind of like that. Yeah. 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 A little bit bigger than Jordy's glasses. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. As long as you can. Because remember, those people are, are tracking this world and also another layer. It's like they have their computer screen and their phone right in front of their face. I think there'd be a level of fascination, but I'm not sure that personally that I would. It would have to be pretty comfortable in order for me to... Yeah, if they laugh and talk normally and if they were a little strange, it might be a little harder to take, perhaps. Yeah, you would have to think... I guess I would be like, what kind of 
are they picking up biomarkers as they're talking to me? Well, it's a seduction, you know? It's a seduction. Can, can you tell what my body temperature is? You don't like, like being probed by the AI sensors? Right. They yeah. Can, well, yeah. Like, and it's like flashing on this yeah. person's eyeballs, but like I can't see it and only they can. And now yeah. I'm being like judged in some way that I'm well, not aware of. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean... I mean, well, are, it's true. I think, you know, <laughs> maybe, AI, maybe. Yeah, I mean, uh, the AI could at least it could could at least read your body language. Yeah, least, and then yeah. said, yeah, yeah. You could look yourself up. You could look up whoever. Yeah, you're or to. your pupil dilation, mm-hmm. whether or not you're excited or angry. Like all of these little biomarkers could literally just be flashing in somebody's eyes as they're talking to you. Well, yeah, and considering how autistic a lot of people are these days, to be able to get real emotional information on who you're talking to might help, yeah. especially our more nerdy friends. But do they? Like, yeah. No, I I believe that they're not interested they, in emotional for, for, information. From, they would they would want to go for maximum fun, yeah. right? So the idea that that they would wear this to have maximum fun would be good, don't you think? Uh, Are anyway. you trying to sell us one? Yes, I am. I guess no, I, I yes. like to I like to buy one. Five ninety nine, five ninety nine, Mrs. Future. I like to see it. What a, what a deal, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Future. Don't you think I should have one? Yeah, I think you should have all the things to call yourself <laughs> Doctor Future. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's good. There's a lot of good ones coming up. Right now. The, the Apple Vision Pro, I actually is even. More Are they bringing that price impressive. tag down? From three thousand. Well, there's a lot of talk about that. There's a lot of talk about that right now. (laughs) Remember, this is like a development period of time. This is where the first ones are for those that want to develop for it. So, if you get ideas of what you can put on the Apple Vision Pro, this is the time to do it. The price is determined by the marketing team putting all of their fantasy features into it and then figuring out how much can you possibly do it and if you only charge three thousand dollars how much of that can you do <laughs> so yeah i think it's exciting over the next year or so we're going to see that we're going to see the vive it would be a new one of those they'll be wireless they'll get lighter the apple probably final price will probably be around two thousand dollars something like that two thousand twenty five hundred maybe i mean people are paying mm-hmm. almost two grand for their, for uh, their phones the vision pro for the consumer use but right now we got to see what people actually like like right now people are finding the front facing screen to be creepy and the front facing screen is the one where it looks like you're seeing people seeing their eyes but they're not really their eyes they're a virtual representation of their eyes and that can be a little creepy sometimes (laughs) so they're thinking of letting go of that that people don't need that they'd rather look at the geordie look you know where you don't see anything they can see you but you can't see them Yeah, or maybe somebody come up with something more interesting for others to look at while you're talking. To oh, them. there you go. Yeah. They could project a little light show for you. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah maybe some some small distractions so that you don't realize that we're completely losing our touch with yeah. interpersonal relations. No, no, we're used to this. You use icons all the time, Gabs. You know, like can you imagine using little Lisa eyes uh, for your eyes, uh, or that little smiley face with the tears when you're talking. And I people, don't know. It sounds awfully bizarre to me. I don't know. Have you guys yeah. seen the videos of Lex Friedman interviewing Mark Zuckerberg in VR, in the meta no. world? They, well, they're working with avatars, right? Yeah, they are lifelike avatars that are mm-hmm. based on your own features. And so you are alive inside of your lifelike avatar and you are engaging with another person. It, it really is the metaverse replacing the actual world and 
Lex Friedman was delighted. He's like, oh, I finally get it. Why everybody wants to see this happen. And I heard people being interviewed about it. And some fan of Mark Zuckerberg's was talking about how there was a friend of Mark Zuckerberg's who was reviewing the concept that he's put all this money into the metaverse and he's going to bring it about. And that it doesn't sound that inviting for people who like their meat body existence outside of the metaverse. But she said for somebody like him, he's so famous and he's so sought after that it's uncomfortable for him to go out into public. And for him to be able to have that experience in a completely contained space where he's not bothered by people who don't, that that works for him. So the the Hmm. Lex Luthers of the world will want to be in the metaverse. Uh, it's for the most control from my non-existent free will as possible. I thought you voted for free will. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I thought I did. Wouldn't it be easier to control people that way? Like, couldn't you, couldn't you start creating some sort of... Well, it could like, be a big bait and switch. Yeah. You could do that with your phone. switch. Like, you'll have yeah, more Yeah, but we're not will. always... Yeah, on all the time. Right. Mm. And we could be subject to hypnosis and other things so in society, hard. but... It's so hard to do this currently in the metaverse that the only people who can do it are those who are passionate about it, and which is a big chunk of our world brain. The tech heads of the world are jonesing for their metaverse, and the athletes of the world that really are trying to bring out the excellence in their physical bodies, not so much. (laughs) And there's a wide spectrum of in-between. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I, I personally love being able to go into the cloud and find any bit of information. But I also am annoyed by how scattered my energy gets with access to so many options and so many distractions and so many requests for my attention. And when we did our cross-country trip, I breathed a sigh of relief that we spent two months with hardly any screen time after 20 years of constant screen time. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful day today. Get out there to the ocean. Enjoy it. Jump in the water. Play on the beach. Appreciate your senses because we live in one of the most beautiful places on this planet and it's here for us. It's here for us to really be all all we can be (laughs) without having to join the Serene Corps. But don't be afraid to join the Serene Corps. <laughs> that was oh, that's true. That was just, another thing from this weekend. Mrs. Future is starting to embrace party, the idea was, of the Serene Corps. Well, I would like yeah. to just relay the mm-hmm. myth. If you give me like less than two minutes, two I minutes, swear. two minutes. Okay, okay we, yes. <laughs> okay, so this is a commercial for World Peace One, which, if you didn't know, is breaking out all over. I know it may not look like that because so much of the media is hypnotized by the idea that it's World War Three, but it's actually Actually, World Peace One breaking out all over. Middle East pizza up. Yes. Well, Middle East pizza is going to be served to the Serene Corps, and we're going to do our best to help everyone understand that they too can have a piece of peace. Anyway, at the birthday party, Jim Rintoul sang his anthem to the Serene Corps. It's an anthem of the Serene Corps, like the Marines have an anthem. Yes. From the shores of modern Babylon to Washington, D.C. We will quell our nation's battle on the air and the land and sea. 
We will strive for peace and harmony Where'er we intervene You will find the peace is guarded By United States Serene U.S. Serene Corps We've come to make peace Not war in the U.S. Serene Corps We're always looking for one or two more Let's spend our money on peace, not war Try to remember what we came here for Family value means a whole lot more than a sale on donuts at some Walmart store. Feed the hungry the best we can. Try to make peace between a woman and a man. Share the wealth of the family. Share the health of our sanity. Scarcity is a policy. Community is a reality For the good of all humanity Let's spread the peaceful philosophy Of the U.S. Serene Corps We come to make peace, not war We come to make peace, not war Always looking for one Peace, not war. Have to remember what we came here for. Jim, our local friend of ours, who's a, a very creative no, individual, ready. musician, and songwriter, and he feels that. His contribution to world peace is to create the Folk Song Army. Oh, yeah, which you may remember when we interviewed him. He played the Folk Song Army song. We also got a story from Al's mom, Irene, who let him know as part of his little birthday blessing that her name Irene meant the Queen of Peace, the Goddess of Peace. And so, Alan, that makes him the Prince of Peace. (laughs) And well, the oldest makes, son of the goddess of peace. Yes, he's the son of the goddess of peace, yeah. and I'm the son of the yeah. son of the goddess of peace. <laughs> we can keep going forever, but so I she's promise to keep the it son short. of the sun. <laughs> so sun squared. <laughs> sun squared equals. You know, but anyway, so I embraced in this identity of being the royalty of peace that we would be helping to support the Serene Corps. And so Jim sang the anthem, and we did our best to enroll everyone in our sphere to embrace World Peace One. And so it's breaking out all over, so spread the word and share the peace. And maybe when we come back, you can talk about our exclusive inclusivity. (laughs) Right. Radically exclusive inclusivity. Right. (laughs) Our exclusive club. We only accept radical inclusives. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's have a commercial break, huh? All right. Okay, well, right, keep talking while I get the commercials back up. Yeah, this is future is going to get those commercials controls. up. Wake up to Sleepy John and Luigi the Computer Man. You'll get an hour of news you can use and debate. Right. Luigi the Computer Man, who will take your calls oh, and solve your problems. 
What could be more fun than Sleepy John and Luigi the Computer Man? That's Thursdays from 3 to 5 on SantaCruzVoice.com. That's Sleepy John and Luigi the Computer Man. That's Thursdays from 3 to 5 on SantaCruzVoice.com. It's Locals Live! With your hosts, Jake Stenton and Jeff Eitman. Coming to you live from Santa Cruz, California. Your Saturday destination, holding it down from 10 a.m. to noon. The best of Santa Cruz. Sports, people, places, what's happening? Let's not forget about History Corner. On the voice of Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz Voice. Live streaming at santacruzvoice.com. I'm Amy Lamb. And I'm Marlene Olson. Join us every Friday for the Time Out Radio Show. That's Fridays, 11 to 1 Pacific Time. You like to travel, so join me, Michael Olson, Wednesdays at 11 oh, and Saturdays at 9 as we travel up and down the food chain <laughs> for some What's Eating What? Food Chain Radio. We'll go to the front lines of eating to live and living to eat. We'll ask tough questions and toss easy answers. It's you and me on the trail of What's Eating What? on the food chain. Wednesdays at 11 and Saturdays at 9 right here on SantaCruzVoice.com. Let's roll. Okay, welcome back to the show. We've got in the studio, Mrs. Future. We've got Gabby. Hi. Speak up. There you oh, are. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Gabrielle's visiting from New Jersey for any of those curious about her. Uh, <laughs> which anyone be- from New Jersey. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's one of our dearest friends and friend family, shall we say. It's really, really great to know her. And Bobby, too. We have Bobby in San Francisco yeah. here this weekend. And yeah, I'm here, too. One of the things that really got my attention for the birthday weekend was the eclipse. And I don't know if you, you guys totally experienced Again, You must have. You were outside, right? No. Um, your photos and then Nick's picture ah. from in, in Boulder Creek. Those okay. Are, those are the two that I saw. Those are your input on that. Uh, okay. Yeah, I just missed it. Mm. But the energy of it was super amazing, I thought. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. Didn't you find the magic of the new moon and the eclipse to just be I am outrageously good. Yes. Oh my god, it felt so uplifting. I felt like the end of the misery. I felt like we watched the old moon get smaller and smaller and then the eclipse. I felt like the eclipse was perfectly presented by the clouds trying to make it easy for us to look directly with our eyes even if we wanted because it it was giving us the shadow version of it yeah and we got to see the entire sun crescent i mean you never see a crescent sun it was beautiful it was totally amazing amazing yeah and just last night just in terms of what else is so great about new moons 
the tiny sliver of the new moon chasing the sun down after the sunset was exquisite. Oh, wow. Exquisite. I was saying it was like a hair of a feather flying after this light and getting heavier as the light got further away. That's a beautiful image. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love new moons. (laughs) Yeah, and new moons, you know, they symbolize new beginnings. It's a good time for planting. This time of year? No, just at every new moon. It's just, it's renewal. It's a time to plant what will grow. Mm. And so that's symbolic. And, and the then seeds, time for the plant the Eclipses seeds. astrologically, if you believe in that. Yes, you let's, know, let's eclipses, we have a eclipses are always packed with energy. And it was in Libra, just this amazing, sociable, light hearted energy surrounding all of this really positive push of energy and mm. the newness and the renewal. And it's just been really great to be in the shadow of the eclipse, so to speak. Because sometimes that's an iffy place, but this has just been, it just seemed like a culmination of absolute perfection and magic. And it was the ring of fire, too, that really got me. And the reverse of the, we have this thing going on in the Middle East, and in the sun, though, is the crescent in the sky. For us, we didn't see the full circle, but we saw the crescent. But it was the flaming crescent. Just the opposite of the Middle East present. So that was interesting symbolically. <laughs> That's a nice thing. You hadn't really mentioned it that way before. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, interesting, huh? Yeah, man. Mm. They're, they're mm. using that, that little symbol of the moon in a violent way. And we're activating the sun to say, hey, cut that out, you children. <laughs> you little Earthians. Mm. We're going to flame your symbol if you don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> Here it took us. That's right. (laughs) If you want to go live with the tribe here, call 831-265-5050. There's a 50-50 chance. We'll give you a chance. Yeah. Okay. Hey, they're calling. Yeah. Oh, it looks like Master Now. Master Now checking in with me? Oh, I'm in trouble now. (laughs) Now. (laughs) Bring on the Master. Master Now. Hi, sweetie. Are you there? Are you there? We are here. We are here. I'm so glad you guys called. We have been wow. too busy to call you for at least a week, and you've been on my mind every single day. So the best way to reach us is on the air. And you are on our mind, too, and, and, and we are so missing you. We want to, We're we missing want to you, to too. To this is the first Gabby. time we've yes. ever had this epic of a party without you guys. Yeah, you got Bobby and Gabby on oh, as well, oh, man. Oh, oh, oh. It's well, a party. Yeah, yeah. You were very you missed. Were able to, yeah, to take to make new highs even without us. Yeah, and well, we, we were doing we it do for you. Show. We were really trying to oh. dance. We were trying to dance you in. We were trying to make our sphere reach your sphere so that you could beam in here. Uh-huh. Did our best. Well, Teresa and Holly, were they there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. they said that they were going to have extra fun just for us. Oh, that explains a lot. Okay. Yeah, we had, we had a lot of fun with them. part of it is, mm-hmm. Teresa promised to give Al two separate hugs for us. I hope oh, she did. Did separate. she do that, Al? Well, 
If she, she, come, if she, she did, she didn't tell of, him. She gave a lot of hugs. So yeah, she kept going. She probably she probably <laughs> included she stop. Stop the hugs. Too. Yeah. Well, I'm all right. I'm going to talk to that girl because you were supposed to get two very special hugs. Aww. One from yeah. me and one from God. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like he got him. He just didn't realize it. <laughs> I I um, I had so many great hugs. I can hardly count. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can't count anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he yeah, also yeah. was reborn. Yeah. He it's was like, reborn. It's like it's more like who Reborn. didn't get, do who didn't give me a hug is what I noticed. Now. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! That's fantastic. So I'm so I'm so happy for you. I just wanted to make a plug for Michael Olson. Oh yes, yeah. he did this fantastic uh, coast to coast last night. <gasps> two episodes and it was wonderful. I wow. mean, two two hours. No kidding! Awesome! And Congratulations, Michael did, Olson. Really, Michael Olson did coast great. to coast, not Brad Olson, uh, not Brad Olson. No, Michael Olson, Food Matters. Yeah, and fantastic. Hey, your buddy, your pal. On yeah. George Norrie's Coast to Coast. He was doing that, that yes, show. Yes, on George Norrie's Coast to Coast. Wow. And what I wanted to encourage you to let him know yes. about, because he feels like China is going to take over the world's food supply. So Sun, They're trying. Yeah, but... But, but only because they're worried about him, starving, because yeah, they, they have, have too, too little food and too yeah, many people. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he's actually got a different take on it. So I was going to encourage you, son, to make sure he knows about pharma food. Pharma which food. Is, which you can get through Castellari. Oh, oh, really? Okay. It's a 200-page treatise with, Catherine Austin with world. You know, years of research in it, and it is very eye-opening. I oh. think he would appreciate that. Okay. And you know how to get that. I can get so that I to him. Okay. To so I wanted to put a plug in for Michael. He did such a great job. And, of course, gosh, you guys are so much fun. <laughs> uh, World Peace One has begun in a multiverse near you, and that's the timeline I'm going for, and that's because I jumped into Sun's Fantasy. Oh, I don't know. That's what, right. What that's <laughs> right. Well, good. I mean, I know you took your spaceship a little farther away, but our spheres are still connected, Michael. So you just jump in again anytime you like. Well, that's just a little space-time thing. When we get back into our time-space world, then we are there now. Yes, you are. You're here now, Master Now. Welcome back. We were close to streaming the party, Michael. We were really close. It's just that I just, you know, it was my party, and I really wanted to connect with my friends. I didn't want to be uh, hanging out behind screens. You know, know, you deserve some time off. Even you, Al, who is so dedicated to being the recording angel for the rest of us. But you know what? You know, we had Taylor there, you know, the guy who does our Apple stuff? Oh, yeah. Our Apple segments. And yeah. he recorded everything. He recorded a lot. He walked oh. around. He had this new iPhone 15 Pro Max. Oh, yes. Max. Taylor really earned U- his lunch. USB-C to USB-C SSD Taylor was in his capturing pocket. things that we didn't even know he was capturing. Yes. Free energy, uh, there's free energy, oh, Bob. We've got free energy, in, Bob. Yeah. Why don't you tell him to call in on the other line? I'll tell him that. Okay. Free energy, Bob. We want to hear free energy, okay. Bob. I just want free energy, to give, Bob. Give We're on the air of free energy, Bob. We're on the air. Hi, Bob. All right, Dan. Well, Did you call to speak live to the future audience? Yeah, yeah, you're talking to our thousands of listeners right now. Oh, perfect. Thank you. I'm honored to be on. Yeah, we're definitely feeling the frequencies. All right. It's all come on about by. The vibrations. Well, Great. come on by. But come visit. Yeah, we'd love to. I'd like to stop by Jeff just to say hi. All right. All right. Well, just and give then, us a call when you're there. We're on the air, so we're going to go back to our show. But. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, right. hey, this is good. But can I talk a little bit about free energy? Since oh yeah, yes. go ahead, go ahead, talk about oh, it for I'm, a second. I thought yeah. that's why you called it. Bob, Bob is uh, somebody who was trained in more in classic originally electricity, knowing how to rewire old houses and all that sort of thing, going back to the turn of the 19th century. And okay. now he's into the, the new energy systems and how they might be Well, working. I just have to say, I got into the antique. I figured out how they used to do it. For instance, everybody's telling you to tear out the knob and tube. Mm-hmm. Well, the knob and tube system in an old house was built after they kept burning the Victorians down. So they figured out a way so that when you ran so much electricity through your wire that it glowed red, it wouldn't burn your house down. Oh. And that's why they made knob and tube, because everything's porcelain and away from the wood, because the wire would get so hot. Yeah, it would turn and red. Then, yeah. and, and because no, everybody wanted to run every appliance. It's not like we're the first guys that liked appliances. They used to have screw-in heaters that they would screw into the light socket <laughs> and give 1,500-watt heat. Wow. So it was a wild zone out there. I bet, know? I bet. Yeah, the early days where they were figuring it all out. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's plenty out there, but it's great. There's so much energy out. Right now what I'm working on is EMF stuff, so I'm going the other direction. I'm working with electrical-sensitive people, mm. and this is a whole other thing because as an electrician, we wired it without really thinking about people as much. Who, who are electrosensitive. Yeah. Exactly. So now I'm going around the house with meters and seeing what type of wiring creates different kinds of fields. And I've got people that I work for that are so sensitive, they're like canaries. Yeah. And they tell you and things are happening that you can't even, that I can't feel. I've, I've heard people are so sensitive they can't, they can't even drive in an electric car because the, the, the fields from the electric car are too much for them. Yeah, this is the interesting thing. We have to start studying what's coming out of the car. So that's one of the assignments that Don and I are both on. We're both getting pretty interested on the EMF subject. Yes. Thanks for that. Thanks a lot. Take care. All All right. right. We'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. EMF. Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling, Bob. We'll see you soon. There you go. That was completely serendipitous. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to make a question for Bob, which is those induction stovetops. Yeah. Now, I haven't looked deeply into this, but I have heard that they put out some righteous EMFs, or maybe they're uh, th- the opposite of righteous, but that there's lots of them. So mm-hmm. I was going to ask his opinion about that. Mm-hmm. I could call him back. Is Trying everybody here aware that we have a new Speaker of the House today? We did. They finally got through. Or no, we don't. We don't. It we don't. We no, don't they, go they actually have to have 220. From what I heard, it was a, it was a the flop. The Democrats won more votes than the Republicans. Jim yeah. Jordan got 200 votes, and Hakeem Jeffries got 212. And need you need 217. 217. Right. So there's 20 Republican mm-hmm. holdouts who didn't show up and didn't vote for Jeff Jordan. Yeah. Or, uh, and uh, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, even though he's a Democrat, he's a known centrist and has been known to work equally with Republicans and as Dems. well as Democrats. Yeah. So. And he's from, like, uh, this, he, he was a big, he's a lawyer who got into the networks, like he's associated with, is it CBS? And he's a sports football guy his background is very First. mainstream <coughs> and media he's a media yeah. lawyer right <laughs> okay let's try free energy bob here i'll tell him on the picture phone and we'll get the answer to that <laughs> i do Hello. but i want to add damn hey, hey bob, bob this is al i see you're in the car yeah. hi bob hi. yeah oh uh, we're good all right listen so. um we had a question for you we have master now on the phone 
Master now from Georgia. Hey, uh, Bob. That uh, he's saying. Did you hear that, Bob? No, I didn't hear that. Ask oh. me the question, Bob. And I'll, yeah, Alan's going to repeat through the your questions. He can't hear your questions, Good Michael, me. but we'll tell him. The question's about the induction cooktops. The induction and, cooktops. Um, you know, those induction cooktop yeah. stoves. Yeah. He yeah, wants yeah. to know which, whether or not there's any danger. About the EMF. Yeah, the EMF. How big are the EMFs coming well, off of that? How big are the EMFs? But first, about the induction oven, can we talk about free energy? Yeah. Okay. Aren't they related? It's, well, it's just that this induction technology and a flat coil is basically what it is. It goes back to some of the Tesla patents that uh -huh. he was using for high efficiency. Uh -huh. So I have a lot of friends that are sitting there and using their induction stove as the technology to generate truly alternative energy systems. Right. Now, so. as far as the EMF coming out of an induction stove, it's not going to be broadcasting, but it will definitely have a field. So my basic take on that is that there are going to be certain places in your house that are going to have magnetic electric fields. And what we try and say is that's okay during the day or even at night. But, but. <laughs> okay, you know, them electric magnetic fields didn't like you talking about them that way. Oh, they yeah. just Cut took you, you out, off, man. They're alive. Don't yeah, be. Uh, are you there, Bob? Are you there? Thinking nobody hears you. Bob, are you okay, good. What did you? Could you say no, that I'm again? Um, Not I'm, use them at night? I'm sorry. Am I here? Yeah, you are now. You just did your phone cut out for <laughs> I a think second. only you can say that for sure. Uh, yeah. This is future so getting a little metaphysical on you. But, you know, just when shouldn't we use them? When shouldn't you? At nighttime or in the daytime? Oh, he's gone. Oh, he went into a no-flow zone. Sorry, Michael. That yeah, question will have yeah, to be answered fine. later. Yeah, I hope you, yeah, The masses are not yet ready he's to in receive that information. Yeah. Yeah, the inductances. <laughs> well, I know the inductance We thought we had free will. Yeah. Turns out it was destiny. <laughs> Something to do with right, yeah. Tesla's original induction so, patents. Anyway, right. Well, yeah. I know it's super efficient. Our friends Ryan and Karina have one. I had heard that, so I thought I'd ask one of the masters. Uh, they were here. You know, free energy they were here over this weekend at the party. There was a huge swath of old Santa Cruz. It was like old Santa Cruz History Month around here. And a lot of the icons were out here telling stories. <laughs> Speaking of old Santa Cruz, Hip Santa Cruz number seven is in process. Oh, yeah? What do you know about that? Hip Santa Cruz, uh, Ralph Abraham's well, project, right? The, yeah, um, Ralph Abraham. Recording the cosmic uh, history he, of Santa he, Cruz going back to the 60s. And one of the chapters is from Andrew and Connie. Uh-huh. Oh, Bailey, Andrew oh, cool. and Connie Bailey, who so, we've had on the show a few yeah. times. Uh-huh. Great. So, so yeah, I thought I thought you might like to know that. He well, we know that Andrew landed. Andrew landed on Ralph Abraham's doorstep when he came to Santa Cruz, right? No, he was. He met him in England uh, on his way from. He came, just came came from South Africa. Both are true, Al. Even though they met in England, yeah. <laughs> Ralph was also his host yeah. when he first got here to Santa Cruz. Yeah, it's both and. It's both and. <laughs> okay, Saint yeah, Silicon yeah. would say the and is near. That's okay, right. I got it. You I didn't mean to. The see. end is near. Yeah. yeah. We have and to work on not canceling each other, honey. Yeah. And the synchronicity yeah. was he was hitchhiking for the first time to Santa Cruz. He was hitchhiking from Southern California, and he was picked up, yeah, Andrew was, and he was picked up by a guy in a Volkswagen who just happened to be going to Santa Cruz and just happened to be Ralph's partner, mm. business partner. <laughs> so this is like coincidence. So See, free will or destiny, you decide. Right, right. And then vote on it. Exactly. <laughs>
But before we were out of time, I just wanted to promote Michael Olson's suggestion, mm-hmm. which is commit to buying $2 of food every day from a local farmer mm. and telling two of your friends to do it. So now we're doing that here. And I just told, I hope, a thousand friends by being on this program. Yay, I hope so too. All right. Well, let's go out and get some food from our local farmers. You can't go wrong here in Santa Cruz, boy, I'll tell you that. (laughs) You've got a lot to choose from, and that is a big blessing because I can tell you here it is definitely a organic food kind of desert. Well, oh, say, we're I, I, finding some. Yeah, we're finding right. some, and these farmers are generous. It's like a huge bouquet of vegetables whenever I buy, you know, and they have it. Oh, it's just how's your? You usually drive an hour for it, but yeah. <laughs> but how's your food forest coming along? I thought you guys were planting a food forest. Well, we actually are, and the 42-foot greenhouse dome is scheduled to get started this weekend or next weekend, depending on the weather, and that's the first part of it. It's going to go in with a, a big oh, 30 by 20-foot pond and some other things. So, yeah, we're definitely getting started. Great. Gabby, ask him yeah. your question. We were talking at the party about Bucky Fuller and Stessa. Domes. Yeah, we yeah, had a domes. few people who've built dome houses. Alan, yeah. Stessa, and her Stessa's family have built domes. Yeah, yeah, um, domes. Yeah. Are they, were, they were really, her stepdad mm. and her mom were big. She had to read the dome book, Bucky's dome book, as part of their reading. Yeah, like in the original Whole Earth catalog. Yeah. It's there. So yeah. she said, yeah. so Al said, did it leak? And, um, and so Stessa started telling, Stessa started telling yeah. this story about how they put that last triangle in and it fit perfectly. But then it took them another nine months to figure out how they were supposed to insulate the thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody had known how to do that part of it. I've always been a fan of domes. Yeah, so good luck yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is actually, believe it or not, this is a pre-manufactured dome. Oh, and good, they good, use good. a very high-tech tape used by NASA. Oh, uh, NASA tape. It's got to be good. Oh, that's yeah. what we yeah. use for yeah, our hexi-yurt. Really, I really, love taping yeah, I can, together structures. I love tape yeah. structures. They're yeah. awesome. Tape my house. Yeah. If you'll remember, if you'll remember your permanent, your temp- temporary structure that made it through a burning man. Yeah, our hexi-yurt. Yeah. That's what I was just saying, our hexi-yurt. Yeah. So we made, right. a, made a house out of insulation. Right. Who was that invented by? Rene Gupta? Vinay Gupta. Vinay Gupta. Had shared with us his design. That was so cool. And I'm old enough to remember Al's dome days, Dr. <laughs> yes, yes. Quite He's the dome. got a few nice stories from there, I'm sure. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, well, we'll save that for a special show. Yeah. Oh, yes, there, there's one other thing. Uh, one other thing I ran into, I thinking of you this week, is regarding some new compound that's some kind of blue dye, blue dye that's supposed to have oh, yeah. magical properties. Yeah. What, yes. what, do you know anything about that? What is that? If you're talking about methylene blue, I know a lot about Yes, oh, methylene I think that's blue. it. Right? I do methylene. think that's it. Is that what it's called? Methylene blue? Yes. I will send you yes. a large amount of info on it. I'm just investigating that. for about a year. Oh, okay. About a year now. Huh? What yeah. is, and it, I first heard about it, literally, I first heard about it at the beginning of COVID. And yeah. one of the doctors you've had on air mentioned it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't remember who it was, but I first heard about it on Dr. Future. For the what very do you first do time. with it? It yeah, might what, have been Tom Urema. What's this blue dye? It, what, what, is, what is it? What is its medicinal value in your end? It's most its most essential use is in every emergency room in the country as well as the Western world. Is it's the only thing that will save your life if you go in with certain poisonings, like if you had arsenic. Or there's some others, but, but without methylene cyanide? blue, you would die. Cyanide with methylene blue, you live. Really? So it's so an antidote it's to cyanide and arsenic? That sounds very useful to have in your medicine. Not also, that I'm ever taking also, arsenic or cyanide. Bobby has something well, to say about no, it. You'd be surprised how much arsenic is in chicken. and But, you know, you're not going to have that as an issue. But the thing yeah. is, is that it works for nothing else with. Well, it's the single best solution for any UTI. The most UTI, women, really? That did come up uh, a few times. Know, Recently. Yes, would like to know yeah. about that because it does not, it's not an antibiotic. It doesn't do anything but take out the infection and at the same time give your brain a little more oxygen so it perks you up. Oh, yeah. So it's really good uh, stuff. I mean, literally, I'll, get, I'll send you pages of info on it, and I'm a big fan of it. Cool. Okay. And Bobby, you've been investigating this too? Yeah, it's miraculous. So if you know anybody that has septic shock or any kind of toxic syndrome, all they do is they take some methylene blue and immediately they oxygenate their mitochondria and they're back back alive again. Oh. So it's it's or if you have a stroke yeah. or if you have a heart attack. All of these things are helped. Yeah. Okay. Great. Any, anything where there's a decrease wherever you don't have enough oxygen in the mitochondria or in your cells, this will jump start that oxygen into the cells. Uh, and save your life. Jumpstart oxygen into the cells, and it, and it has a positive effect on the metabolism of the mitochondria? Yes, and especially people with long COVID, they should try this out. So what, you know, mm -hmm. instead of going to the hyperbaric chamber, just take the methylene, methylene blue. blue. Now, is it or a readily available substance? I mean, is it... Is it uh, yeah, 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 it's readily available, but you definitely want to get the USP grade. And so there's a couple of links I can send you for that, too. Okay. Great. All right. Perfect. Send us the link. We'll, we'll, when we talk about it, probably well, next week, we'll uh, yeah, put some methylene for sure. <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks that, like it really yeah. interacts poorly, though, with antidepressants. It acts poorly with antidepressants, according to Gabby's yeah, research. So, yeah. That, yeah, cool. cure your depression you, uh, first. You Start with no depression. You, <laughs> that's right. Change yeah, your well, mind. I mean, change they, your thinking. Change your mind. Change your drug. They do want to make sure you're not on some MAO inhibitors. Although you're still likely to be fine because you're taking m minute doses, like a half a milligram per okay. kilogram. All right, let's get into that more next so week, um, but we got to go. Our yeah, time, yeah. believe it enough, is up. Right. We just so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Yeah, we love you all. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you, Gabby, for being here. Thank you. World yeah. Peace yeah. One, yeah. breaking out all over. All right. Bye, everybody. New, new World, Bye. New Peace One. Absolutely. Yay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Thanks again. Thank you. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. If you want to hear more, put these phrases into your audio search program. Yeah. Everything is with a thought. What we do is within our sphere of influence. We've got to bless from the inside out. We've got to make sure that the people who we're helping can help others. Can we all take a vote? Do we agree that we have free will? What's your vote? <laughs> we have our own agency. There are many roads forward, but only one road back. 
No. <laughs> no. no. Sorry. Maybe I'm going to wake up and no longer exist. I've really done it now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. I'm at the whim of the free will of everybody else. I'm a jellyfish on the sea of infinity. I think you have as much free will as you can muster. Get me out of this meat suit. Consciousness is the container of everything. Beep, boop, boop. Take control if you need to. <laughs> it's the AI, sir. Yeah. Do you understand? It's getting interesting, don't you think? Because, Bobby, we still have free will. I've been going with the wind, and it's been fabulous. Free will is the <clears throat> zone where preparedness meets opportunity. <laughs> yeah. yeah.